Hello and welcome to another edition of Bullet Points. I'm your co-host, Ed Smith. I'm joined, as per usual, by the other co-host, Reed McCarter. Hi. Hi, Ed. Hi, Reed. And the other co-host, Astrid Budgore. Hello. Hello there. How are you two doing this evening? Um, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm drinking a coffee, and it's uh, it's good. That's all I have to say. I don't know. There's something about your voice, Reed, that means that every time you say I'm great, it sounds sarcastic. Yeah, I know, because, well, it's like a podcast is the heightened version of if you uh, see someone like your neighbor or something, and they say, how are you doing? You're not going to be like, ah, oh, you know, things, things <laughs> could be better. Like, there's a lot of shit that sucks. I suppose. But, uh, yeah, so for the purpose of this podcast, I'm fantastic. Um, never better excited to talk about uh game of the year 2018 2017 2016 2015 and uh back to time immemorial astrid are you equally excited yeah uh we're talking about a game a video game we are (laughs) we are that's true yeah uh i'd just like to reassure everyone listening that we will be talking about a video game uh, we haven't deviated from the uh, concept that severely. We are talking about our video game. Uh, so buckle in. Uh, we're also joined, uh, as well as Reed, Astrid, and myself, we also have with us his resident Hearthstone correspondent at Kotaku, Josh Clickstow. Hello, everybody. It's How Josh. Y- <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know? You see, that sounds great. sincere. It is. It is. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't believe him. He's full Josh, of shit. Josh, whereabouts are you in the world? I am in um, Los Angeles, California, sunny LA, uh, as I like to call it. What's it like there? Is it really nice? Um, it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of sun. Uh, surfers around here. Um, a lot of uh, music in the streets things to do it's great i can't complain oh god i live in the middle of england that the farthest cry from los angeles california oh, i'm envious you can uh, surf in in england well actually i live we're getting violently off topic here for a second but i live near a town that is actually officially the furthest point in england away from any ocean oh i dead in the middle of the country so if i want to go to the sea and i don't really but if i do uh there's there's no one in england who it's going to take a longer time (laughs) to get to the sea than me it's actually where you're sitting right now in your home is yeah is in in uh... this chair when we record this podcast i'm as far from the ocean as it's possibly to be if you're a british citizen Okay, so the game we are talking about today is Dead Cells by Twin Motions. Was that right? I, I, it slipped my mind. D- twin Motions? Uh, motion Twin. Motion Twin, thank you very much. Hmm. Motion Twins, Dead Cells. Now, I'm a little vague on this term, so I apologize if I'm using it incorrectly. Somebody else, please. Just don't uh, use it. Correct yeah, me. Yeah, let's not go there. Really? What you, what's this game like? Explain <laughs> it to me. Don't just tell me a word. <laughs> Um, the word I'm saying here is like even more made up than the one you were gonna say. I'm reading the word roguevania. Oh, I've actually never wow. heard that before. 
Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll throw it to Josh then. Josh, how would you describe Dead Cells? Um, yeah, it's like a rogue-like Metroidvania <laughs> if we're going to talk in the, uh, the gamer vernacular. Uh, I mean, it's basically, it's the same shit you've been playing if you've tried, like, um, Rogue Legacy mm. or, like, you know, Enter the Gungeon type games. I mean, Enter the Gungeon is a different, like, top-down perspective. But uh, it's it's the same concept as any roguelike that's come out in the past couple of years. It's just a two D side scrolly one. Do you think it's good, Josh? First of all, like initial thoughts on Dead Cells. Your your entry take. I do think it's a. I do think it's good. I just uh, I might have different criteria for judging that than everyone else here might. I. Um, I'm very much. I play roguelikes, games like these, just to like kind of smash my X button and like watch dudes explode and try to uh, get new uh, weapons and then get farther in the game as just like a very turn off my brain type thing. Um, I think I'm seeing a lot of problems that are in a lot of other types of these games that are just kind of rehashed that don't get addressed. Uh, which is kind of annoying to me at a design level, but like at a base, um, like catering to my id and like this, this candy uh, sort of candy coated roguelike game, it's it's hitting all the right spots for me. It feels good. That's good because Reed Astrid and I we talked a little before we started recording, and I think we all agreed that although we initially each of us had some interest and were quite enjoying it after you know like X amount of hours our opinions, our like collective opinions of Dead Cells dropped precipitously. So it's good to have somebody here who's going to kind of counterbalance all of that. I, I'd like to ask you, is there something specific that you liked about it that is maybe different to other games, you know, similar to it? Is it doing anything that you've not seen before in that kind of genre? You know, you know when you eat a hamburger and it's good? <laughs> Every day. Yeah, I just have one. <laughs> today um you know sometimes you you want you you go to a new hamburger place not because it's gonna it's gonna be the best food you ever had but because like you want another burger and it's gonna taste pretty good and it's not gonna have like any healthy uh anything to offer you health wise but you know that going in uh, but you just want your fucking hamburger and uh you eat it and uh it maybe doesn't do some things as well as other hamburgers this is just like a really pretty good hamburger Okay, with you so far. <laughs> so it's a good um, it's a good hamburger, in the sense that it's not especially different to any other quote hamburger you've tried prior, but it still scratches the same itch that hamburgers yes. are supposed to. Yes. Right. But let's say like there was a problem that you had with like every hamburger that you ever tasted, and you really wish <laughs> some hamburger would address that problem. Yeah. Uh, it has, and this one failed to address that problem. That's what this hamburger is doing. It wasn't the next step in hamburgeral evolution, right? right yeah, right. got you. Totally. Okay, read. <laughs> yeah, got you. Yeah, this I compare it to like a, a sandwich with uh, a, a toasted sandwich, and it has. Yeah. Sometimes you really want a sandwich. Like uh, Quiznos sub. I haven't had Quiznos in a dog's age I I get to have a Quiznos Um, what I have had a lot of though are (laughs) 
Metro Rogue Vania likes. Um, I I don't know. Like I kind of I feel like I understand what Josh is saying. I agree with him that I like hitting stuff in this game. I like jumping around and the uh, the character moves around in a way that's great. I like the way the animation looks in this game. I don't like some of the environments are pretty boring after a few minutes, but when you first see them, they're they're impressive at first. And I like the way just stuff moves, and I like the sound when you're slicing and blowing stuff up and doing all of that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I liked this game for quite a while, and then it got to the point. And again, like what Josh was saying, <clears throat> it's you know it's it's the nature of the Berg um, that this thing is just going to eventually be something that I just kind of get tired of because I want to, you know, I get far enough in, I'm having a great time, and then I die. And I think, okay, well, you know, that's that's what this is. And then I go a bit further next time, and then I die. And then because this is a rogue whatever, you, there's a certain degree of luck. And so if if the dice land where you hope they will and you get some good items or whatever and you get pretty far in you're you're having a grand old time and you think well i'm really seeing lots of stuff here and then you die and it's like well i just spent two hours doing that and the idea of doing that again anytime soon kind of goes away so i don't know i kind of feel like i have like a one since since i've been playing this have been able to manage like one game a day you know and I don't know if I would have kept going if it wasn't for wanting to talk about it with all of you. That's my Ast- hamburger review. Astrid, your hamburger review, if you please. Um, I, I don't know. I like got frustrated with this real fast because I guess maybe I'm just not a fan of like the, uh, the roguelike stuff, which is basically like. Um, every time you do a run and you die, you restart. In this game, at the beginning, the first area, um, and then the environments, I guess, are slightly randomized each time, although it's there's always like the same components. They're sort of just in a different order. And that there's like a certain items and certain like mutations or whatever they're called that like carry over progress, but I just didn't really vibe with the basic structure of it and I think that's because when I sit down to play something now I sort of just want to like keep going in it and I don't want to keep hitting a wall which and for some reason I don't feel this with like um, Dark Souls or something and I think that's because Dark Souls is a little more flexible as far as like restarting from different spots and you're not really losing any of the things you're carrying and stuff like that but I also there are a few side-scroller platforming games lately that I've really enjoyed um, which is what Dead Cells is underneath the sort of loop that it bolts onto that but like Salt and Sanctuary and then which is sort of not uh, a popular opinion because that game Looks, looks a little like... funky, but I just really enjoyed that, even though it's, um, that's sort of like directly a Souls ripoff, um, in a way that this isn't. And then Momodora, which is like, um, a very simple, like, sort of like, 
downbeat platformer, and I think everyone in it is a furry or something. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure about that, but they do look like animals, like an- anthropomorphic animals, <laughs> but it's really good. And it sort of has that like weird like melancholy to it that the Souls games have. Um, but this, I just... Oh, the other thing about this game is it feels like uh, extremely gamery. And not just in like the, all the portmanteaus yeah. that you have to use to describe it, but just like the, it's not really humor. It's just like the attitude of the writing, and that there's like 500 animations for weapons, but the guy just shrugs at everything, which is really frustrating to me. He gives you the finger, or he gives people the finger sometimes, and um, it just feels kind of stupid, beyond like all the effort they put into weapon variation and stuff like that. Which, I you mean, that's the meat of it, but... <laughs> you know you were talking about Dark Souls, which is a game that sprang to my mind whilst I was playing Dead Souls. Uh, I think what you just said about the writing being, quote, gamery, that was one of the key things that made Dead Souls unenjoyable to me as opposed to Dark Souls. Dark Souls, when you die, it's characterized and, and defined as this almost sort of religious experience. There's like an enormous dignity to it. There's something sort of transfiguring or like substantiating about every death. It's, it, it's, it's sort of depicted as this is how you make progress in this world is through suffering. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like flagellatory, but at the same time you, you always feel with every death you're getting closer to something and you've kind of gleaned like a new knowledge or a new sort of world weariness that you can use to like as a weapon almost that you can carry forward to help you on the rest of your journey. In this game when you die, yeah, the kind of support characters make some, you know, flippant and glib offhand remarks about, huh, died again, yeah. <laughs> and you say, you know, like that your, your your character stands there and sort of shrugs like, mm, yeah, died again. And it just it it has no I almost I, I almost want like a little more pomposity and a little more kind of religiosity if you like and, yeah. and sort of grandiosity I, w- I want the deaths to actually feel like they're constructed towards something other than okay now idiot you've got to go and play this level again idiot um, well, there's the there's like a, a woman you meet early on a night and then I think after one of the times you die she shows up dead also and your guy just sort of like shrugs and he like kicks the sword and like a bunch of goodies fall out of her <laughs> it's, like, it's really it's, it's a word that I think I band around maybe too often when I talk about games, but then again, it's a word that often occurs to me when I'm playing and thinking about games. It's nihilistic. It's like, oh yeah, she's dead. Whatever, you know. I, I'm trying to go and collect some more coins. I and I, I I feel like you do, Astrid, in the sense that when I sit to play something, especially nowadays, is I need to. I feel like I probably have quite conventional tastes in the sense that, like when I'm watching a film or reading a book. I need to feel like I'm I'm getting somewhere, like something is changing with each kind of turn of the page. Scene, you mean like procedural level. generation. <laughs> I need to feel like I'm experiencing something new con- mm-hmm. you know, constantly with each kind of input of time. I need like an output of newism. And Dead Cells was just tedious and, and, and rep- like dead. It was dead. It felt dead. It was just like such a deadening experience to just do the same thing. Like literally almost the same thing uh, time and time over without even like a new emotional sensation without even like a new um, experiential uh, whatever thing, feeling Um, what do you yeah I was going to say that what do you think about 
because what Josh was saying, and I do feel this with these kind of games, is like, you know, I, I can play this for even when I get really far and I die and it sucks. And I think, well, I would rather go back 15 minutes and then be able to keep going. Um, but the idea of these games that you just kind of like sit and you just kind of turn your brain off and you just enjoy the feel of it you know it's like um i don't know like we're, we're doing stuff about there's, doom right now and it's like doom is yeah. fun to just like shoot stuff regardless of anything very like primal about it to me um in a way that there's just i i, I don't know how to necessarily to describe this like off the top of my head but when i'm playing a game uh, like a roguelike like this there's something like deep inside me that feels like okay this feels really good i really like this and i think um part of the fun of these types of games is like putting together different weapon combinations that like feel different and Mm -hmm. kind of satisfy me in different ways of like this very kind of primal level what's interesting to me is too is that there's a lot of these roguelike type games where i'll pick it up and i just don't feel like that it just doesn't feel good Uh to me it's difficult to really put my finger on like why it doesn't feel great or why I'm not enjoying it. Um, but for instance, like Wizard of Legend was one that just came out recently that I would compare to this. Um, it, it the slash feel I guess is somewhat similar to how I would uh, how it uh, unfolds in Dead Cells, um, although it has shares a little bit more with like Enter the Gungeon in the way that it's framed. But that game did not feel as good to me just the the flow and like progress of the way that those dungeons worked out was similarly dead but i'm not really looking as much at the art direction in these games it's more about like how they feel to me um and and yeah i think just dead cells is kind of hitting that spot for me uh but i I do want to get into like a little bit of what i'm thinking as far as like the flaws of this game and like kind of roguelikes in general are because I think that's something that these games could also learn from Dark Souls Mm -hmm. um, in more than just like an art direction elevated action style you know what I'm saying because I think you're right um, that Dark Souls does put a lot more meaning behind everything that you do and it's a little bit more I guess heady heady than these games are Uh, but for me it's like I'm almost evaluating them on different criteria which maybe isn't quite fair, but um, as far as like a day-to-day playing this game, I do enjoy it. Um, sometimes even more than I enjoy playing Dark Souls, which to me is like a very oppressive experience, but I think yeah. Dark Souls is a better game. Yeah, because like, some of that comes down to, to like... See, I don't know. There's stuff about this game that annoys me a lot and not just like you know the the things about the the sense of humor of the game which (laughs) like almost makes it's almost like it's making fun of you for playing it too it's like why do you why do you give a shit um which like whatever yeah that stuff really is like if you click with the way that these games function and the way that this one puts some twist on the formula that stuff is like window dressing and i think they they understand that well that's designers that's what I mean, but then that kind of like cuts both ways too, because then when you do sort of like put a little bit more into it, like just don't put the stuff in there then. Don't have the guy like mugging for the camera like a jackass. Um, and like finding stuff, you know, being like, 
here's a statue of the king. He wasn't that big in real life. Like, I'll oh, just be be quiet, <laughs> cell man. Um, but like, basically, I think there is something. Like, you look at something like a Dark Souls or something, and it is, you know, to me, it's these things are are almost like you know apples and oranges like this thing is like a saturday morning cartoon almost like you're just kind of picking it up and just getting that feedback from it you know you're hitting hitting the button and watching stuff happen um so i don't know like i see what's kind of interesting to me with some of the stuff though is like i understand completely what josh is saying about like why this clicks for him and i think it clicks for me in similar ways but then at the end of the day i'm just kind of like i don't care you know, it's like I I don't hate this game. I don't love this game. I just kind of like. I think there are some things about it that are really impressive, but then I just, you know, it's it's just kind of there. I think what's happened to me is something kind of similar to that. Insofar as lately, especially with regards to video games, I've become ultra elitist and kind of pretentious, and that yeah, means I've been that telling I'm, you that. <laughs> It means I can no longer justify or countenance, there's the pretension, uh, play, <laughs> playing, playing something just because it kind of deactivates my mind. I, I, I'm struggling to award time to sort of trivial pleasure or, or, to, or to kind of non-cerebral pleasure. And that's not a shortfall of the game. That's, that's a personal taste thing. I want to play something nowadays that, or read something. I'd rather read something at the moment because I, I'm looking for something that's going to challenge me more than a game is. Which means there's some great, some great visual novels out there. Ed. <laughs> it, wait, it means that basically this was really like a bad time for me to play Dead Cells. If you gave this to me maybe two years ago, I might have been able to get something out of it. But at the moment, yeah. I'm really, really finding it hard to sort of um, to to kind of labour Josh's analogy a little bit to enjoy junk food in terms of mm-hmm. video games i i really yeah. i because it's think, sorry josh go on in your defense honestly it's not a zero-sum game right you can have a game that like is satisfying um at that level that that does feel good to play in a similar way as dead cells does yeah but that also is doing something different that you know maybe not everyone will immediately pick up on but that like gives you more to unravel as time goes on. I think there's some really cool ideas in Dead Cells with the way that they're uh, kind of they have their narrative structure laid out. Where when you start peeling back and getting more uh, uh, capabilities of like what areas of the dungeon you can go to, you start revealing more lore in a way that feels natural and uh, in some instances Dark Souls esque. Um, but they they just totally let that storytelling down with the way that this, the game is written um but it's like yeah i think if you, i think it's very uh possible to judge this game at that level and i think that we should it's just that um it's it's always hard for me to sort of reconcile that with well i'm enjoying playing the game it feels good to play this game but if i was to give it like a numerical score it probably it, you know it would be far from you know perfect 10 um I think, like, in evaluating games, people are satisfied with the, well, it feels good to play uh, aspect of it and don't kind of go any deeper as far as, like, is this game actually good if we're looking at it as, as a whole and not just how does this gameplay feel to me on a primal level. 
I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think they have to be binary. The, the high watermark that I think we often refer back to uh, on this show is Mafia 3, which I find just incredibly entertaining, like the bloodshed, the music, um, just the movement, the challenge, the kind of like in a traditional gameplay sense of the word challenge. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm quite gratified by the story. I'm, I, I'm, I'm invested in the character and so on and so on. So obviously that's a, a game of you know enormously higher production value than, than the Dead Cells. But I think that what I'm trying to say is that although I will credit some of my dislike of Dead Cells to my own kind of adjusted, slightly um, yeah, pretentious changing tastes, I also think that there's plenty of video games out there that have been able to meet them. Um, Doom reads, you know, that, that, that you referred to earlier, the 2016 Doom. Again, it's, it is one of those games that kind of, in that sort of like matrix way, just plugs into the back of your head and you can just enjoy it. Uh, but at the same time, I, I found that game genuinely funny at points. Uh, I was interested. There was a kind of semblance of a story in there. There was enough of a sort of narrative undercurrent to keep me uh, traveling along. And I'm trying to think now of like a game of, of equivalent, yeah, again, like size and scale to it. Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami is made by two people. And again, I, I, it is one of those that's, sort of sensory experiences. Yeah, that that's also actually a good comparison. It throws you back a long way when you die. Yeah. It's, it's all about kind of, generally, it's all about, you know, what's below the shoulders, like nerves and hands. And yet, as well as kind of enjoying the sort of mashing buttons aspect, I was, I was swept up in the, in the sort of mien, in the kind of world and story and like I, yeah I know I'm sorry I've been reading a lot of Thomas Hardy <laughs> and, and like in the music and colours and just the just the, the vibe there we go there's a slightly less fucking obnoxious word yeah. bring it down um, buddy yeah um, no so I think I think you're right because when I play Dead Cells and I die and I have to go back I feel like exasperated and I feel like that means that I'm not in a place to like enjoy this the way that it's designed whereas if I play Hotline Miami I think the duration between deaths and like recouping progress is a lot shorter and like punchier and yeah it's more it drives you forward in a different way than this and I think maybe I'm just not cut out for like the roguelike thing because I've never really like gone hard on these games to begin with but I always there's like a certain type of uh, pixely side scroller they always have like a lot of hope for like i really wanted to play that game smite and dead cells oh, has looked yeah. interesting for a while this game death's gambit uh chasm i think it's called there's like all these types of games that for some reason appeal to me visually and i'm always like holding out for them to be like really good but of course they're like just because they look like that doesn't mean that they necessarily play the same or that they're all of a piece so Maybe this just one. This one is just a strikeout for me. Maybe. Josh, do you think that that whole when you die you go back to the start mechanic that's common, you know, in Dead Cells and associated roguelikes? Do you think that? I'm trying to phrase this question without it being loaded. What do you think that lends the game? Because obviously, I think one of the things it talks that is often talked about is it lends it that sense of challenge and, and sort of. Uh, gratifying struggle, but is is the what else do you think? Um, I think it adds a sense of progress to the game. Um, in the case of Dead Cells, 
what it does when you start from the beginning is is interesting to me because the first level just becomes a gimme, right? Where you could basically get through it in the course of a minute, a minute and a half, uh, once you start getting far enough into the game to the point where it's just, um, you're just kind of like getting into the ease of things, uh, getting things started. And uh, what's interesting about the way that this game is laid out, I don't know how far you, uh, you all got into the game, but once you start unlocking more of the runes and the tools that let you go to places that were previously unavailable to you, um, the, I guess the, the trees, the deviations of what paths you can take through the game, they start to vary drastically. Uh, like where the second level can be one of like three different second levels. And yeah. then the third level is like one of three different third levels. Like all of these things start branching off uh, in a really intense way. And I think that's what's kind of neat about it too, is that it keeps you feeling like there are ways to kind of explore an adventure within this game. Uh, that being said, I have hit uh, a wall at this certain level. Uh, I think it's got to be one of the last levels. What uh, is it? I got pretty the, far today. It's like the the Diablo Heaven type theme <laughs> level. Is that after the clock tower? Uh, I think it's after the clock tower, yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah, like I don't think I got there. like these big dudes who will like fucking one-shot you basically and it's like i think to beat that level i just have to unlock the third the level three potion where like you get three potions as you're going through the dungeon which is just like which is just annoying because it's like okay grind to get this one item um maybe i should yeah. get better but yeah some of that stuff with well i mean what what you're saying too is i think this is one of the reasons like i don't i think will say i like dead cells more than a lot of uh rogue whatevers that i've played in the past and i think like part of it is i mean it it feels really good you know it has that it has that speed to it and i think the animation is really good for hitting stuff and etc but like what josh is saying too i think that variety um goes a long way but also i start to burn out on that variety i don't know also if i'm terrible at this game because I think, like, according to the Switch or whatever, I think I set, like, and that's always a little bit off, but I think I've played, like, 10 or more hours or something, and I've, uh, yeah, the furthest I got was the, the clock tower, you know, not for lack of trying. Um, and it, it might be not great at it, because I think I have, like, not to be gamery here, but I think I have, like, <laughs> four or five hours, and I have gotten past that level. Well... Reed, are Maybe. you like putting the the weapons together correctly? Because that is one thing that I did like, is like getting. Yeah, a I started to weapon, think about that. Yeah, that has like elemental boost to it, and then pairing it with the correct like grenade or ice thing or whatever, that sort of feels good because. I don't. It feels like a, it is like a big jump from just like hacking your way through it, and then. The, the one other thing that I really liked in this game, sorry to interrupt you, is <laughs> the doors that you find that are, like, timed. Yeah, so that's like kind of neat. You, yeah, they're, yeah, like, cool. they close after, like, say the first door closes, like, a minute after you start a run. So, like, you can sort of, it almost incentivizes you to skip past the first section as best as you can to get there and, like, get those extra materials. And I guess in lieu of, like, just 
spawning you at the start of the first proper level or whatever, it's a kind of interesting way to get you past that first run up quickly. I feel like I never got enough in those though to like compensate for just putting in the work, you know, clearing out the map <laughs> and just like heading down to the mines for another day of getting items. Um, so I still got kind of like worn out on that. But I don't know, like that's the thing, right? There are a lot of interesting decisions. Like that stuff with, you know, you have uh, four slots, right? For mm -hmm. like two two like immediate attack weapons and two that you can you know either be grenades or traps or like turrets and stuff that you can throw down um and there is and especially as you get further on too there's like this little this little goblin guy who will let you like pay to have like different stats on your on the items you already have like so you can be like oh this causes bleeding and you can keep paying him and he'll keep like you know, tinkering away until you get what you want. Um, and, and that kind of stuff is, is neat, but I feel like that that doesn't really come into play until you've gotten past, you know, the first initial hurdle. It just, it almost feels like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an equivalent of, like, it's like playing Tetris if playing the first, you know, 30 lines of Tetris was just boring because boring's too mean but it's like it feels good you know what you're doing it's kind of nice to zone out to mm -hmm. but you don't actually have to like start thinking and like really watching your ass until you know you've you've done the initial work yeah um, i don't know maybe that's unfair maybe we're just not good gamers hardcore not in like a derogatory sense but i think this game absolutely is targeted at like a certain type of person um, there's like integrated Twitch streaming that actually, I think it like lets you, people who are watching your stream can like interact with you in a way that's like built into the game. Um, oh, we should make Josh stream it and then we can see how good, <laughs> see how good he is when push but comes to shove. It's like a some prime game. Yeah. Play. It's yes, about please. like becoming better as a player more than anything else. And like finding the right combinations of stuff and experimenting with that and that's sort of like the reason that it exists and so if i think it, it almost makes it okay to bounce off it because it is sort of a specific thing like this is the kind of game that i'm just going to generalize like a lot of people w will like look at as like the that is like a video game like it's the quintessential kind of game that like challenges you and it has a bunch of different <clears throat> like genres mixed into it and it's just sort of like something about it is like very pure gamery and that may just not be what uh i'm into or ed or read although i did it did like ex machina a lot i like some some pure gamer games okay not all the time but sometimes you know but i don't like games where i feel like the only thing i'm getting out of them is my own increased skill at that particular game where the only, the only reason to continue playing is to get better at that specific game itself, or to get better at video games, full stop. Haven't we talked... Did we talk to Josh about this last time he was on? About, like, the idea of... I don't remember. Because then is this going to, like, dovetail into 
because the one thing I agree with you on that I have a hard time aside from like you know I don't know Tetris or like a handful of like multiplayer shooters maybe once in a while of like wanting to put the time in to become really good at one specific game mm-hmm. like largely I just want to like play a game and sort of soak in whatever it's doing if it's good and then finish it and then maybe come back to it in down the road mm. but like I don't know because there's like like Josh you write about esports a lot too or used to write a lot more about specific esports right so I don't know mm. if you can speak to that a bit more like I think you're is it just like a difference in what people are tuned into like what they're looking for or you have like these subdivisions within games I think yeah, this is a diff- this is like such a huge topic, right? In some ways, it's like the video game conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, how yeah. should we talk about them? Should we talk about them as products? Should we talk about them as junk food? Should we talk about them as art? I think like it's. I think the answer is like we should talk about them as a mix of all of these things. Um, but for instance, yeah, we don't really have this conversation so much about sports because you know. It, and people spend hours and hours getting good at one sport i guess because there's that physical aspect of it of like bettering your uh your life by being physically active i guess but i yeah. mean like get injured playing sports people fucking get hurt playing sports all the time in ways that are like detrimental over the long term uh to their health and and life uh quality of life um but when it comes to video games I think people are sort of starting to see them more in a sporting sense of like you like how it feels when you play it and I think on a, in a multiplayer environment I think this is like did we have this conversation during the year end yeah did. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah I it, it's just such a huge topic it's hard to yeah I'm sorry maybe it's like surface. well no but I think it's an interesting one I, I think it's something that if we just try and limit the conversation maybe to debt Maybe not to Dead Cells actually, because it's not an esports, or at least at the moment, not an esports um, yeah, associated think, game. Yeah, it probably never will be. But nevertheless, I this idea that I oh, just give me a second here that playing the game almost for the the not necessarily the soul, but like the primary purpose or the primary reward of playing the game is the feeling of getting better at the game itself. That you, you play it to enter into that kind of feedback loop of hours spent to ability gained. I can understand that if you are, if you have an ambition to maybe compete at like an esports level. But if if that's the the main staple of a game that's meant to just be played in a kind of casual sense, like you'd play any other video game. I'm trying to work out. What I'm trying to work out. I think. I think that's why esports are becoming much bigger of a thing now, um, because there there's like a very specific ceiling on games like these. Where once mm-hmm. you've mastered the system, which is something that a relatively large amount of people can do, that's it. Like there's nothing really else to get out of the game. Um, I think like at the very extreme levels of that, you have speedrunners who are yeah. s- such masters of these systems yeah. that they dedicate like a large portion. But even then, speedrunners will run multiple games. It's just a hobby of theirs that they do on the side. Um, but 
with esports, there is no real ceiling unless you're better at everyone else in the world, which well, is much harder to do. And, and there's naturally going to be a lot more there for you than just mastering a system that is contained within this one specific game. I, uh, uh, Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation. I was going to bring this up, yeah. Right. So I've never actually submitted the footage. But for the <laughs> just for leave the, it just leave it there for the for the PAL region uh, PlayStation One version of Resident Evil Two, my completion time is it, it's it's just faster than the tenth fastest in the world. So I've got like the ninth fastest in recorded time. If if I were to submit it, right? So I I have I have played Resident Evil Two a lot, you know, and and actually committed myself to getting. A fast speed running time. I don't have, so I actually, you know, I, I, I feel like I have that impulse within me to kind of want to master the, fuck me for lose, using this word preemptively, but master the kind of ludic qualities of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laugh it up. Hell yeah. But, <laughs> I'm bogoshed over here, but <laughs> I don't have, I don't feel that impulse towards uh, Dead Cells or any other game. And I, I wonder if there's something. It's because you love for us. You well, are at one I think, point. I think, yeah, I think there must be something for me. There's got to be before I can before I can give myself over to this dynamic of the reason you're playing is just so you can get better at it. I still need something to kind of ease me in. I still need something sort of transitional and kind of seductive about the game. Something else enjoyable before I can get into this position where I actually want to master it in a in a in a gameplay way. And I think Dead Cells doesn't have that for me. But is is that a viewpoint too of? You know, because I think you get into really, <laughs> like, enormous questions about how you spend the time you have on this earth doing things, right? And you think about uh, sports. And, like, what Josh is saying, too, I think the, a really obvious thing is that a lot of people grow up with some affection for whatever sports are popular in their area because you're a kid, you have all this energy, you know, you'd say, go, you know, play soccer or go play i don't know what do what do americans like you can uh, you can not sound less like you had never or ever played a sport in your life well i'm go trying not to s- i played tennis soccer. against a backboard and went swimming a lot that's what i did as a kid <laughs> um, solo tennis um yeah when you add another person it's a lot more unpredictable <laughs> um but like so you have this I think you grow up with for certain things and basic appreciation for just like god this is so wanky too but like the aesthetics of the sport you know the 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 sound of like you grew up playing baseball or around baseball you love the sound of or maybe it annoys you but you might love the sound of like uh, a perfect hit you know like the sound of the yeah, the sound of I don't play. It's not a national sport, but the sound of a baseball bat hitting a baseball. It's like when the cricket Fast thing. Sweet crack of the bat. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Um, but it's like stuff like that. So there's like a pleasure in the moment to moment of doing it. You know, I think about the things that I've been most obsessive about, like spending time on, and it was like learning to play instruments. Um, and mm. there's no, tan like huge value. Like there was a social value. Um, in, in like playing in a band and going and playing shows and stuff you know it didn't make me money it didn't do anything but so it's like kind of like a sport in that sense of you just enjoy 
the actual act of doing it and becoming better is just almost an excuse to keep spending time doing this thing mm-hmm. yeah i recently got a piano and uh i and, and it's, i used to play piano a lot when i was younger but haven't had possession of one for the past like decade or so and there was just multiple times where i would just feel you know man i really wish i had a piano and i can like just sit down and play it mm-hmm. and uh that's what i do like when sometimes i'll just go sit down at the piano and play a little bit it's just like a kind of it's 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 it provides relief it's like a laid-back way to pass the time um is it really productive do i feel like i'm creating something in some senses yeah um but i'm not like out there writing music i'm mostly like learning how to play scales and fucking Mm -hmm. like learning some Bach right now or whatever yeah yeah i've like sort of dedicated myself on and off in the past year to becoming like I'm not really good at Overwatch, but, like, trying to, like, engage with it on, like, the competitive level, and, like, you sort of, like, fall into it, and playing the game becomes, like, practicing, and, like, finding out what works for you, and, like, when you can, like, execute certain combinations, and, like, start thinking about it in a different way than just like playing the game like you see openings and you make plays in quotes obviously I'm like I think I'm silver I'm silver so I'm not very good but like I have put a lot of time into it and that is I really get a lot out of doing that I think it's still fun after however long trying to like just get better at the game and even if that doesn't mean like numerically making my competitive ranking go up or whatever just like always trying to do something new in a match or like handle something better and stuff like that so i do also understand this kind of impulse to master broadly like a system or whatever um but there is something also that's nicer about uh multiplayer games of any stripe than just i think it sometimes is tougher to have that kind of relationship with a single player thing if it's not like just extremely tight i know a lot of people are like probably still into spelunky in that way yeah yes but like yeah then i think it's just a difference of you can see why even if you're not trying to be like a competitive you know champ or whatever just like playing multiplayer games it's always it's unpredictable right you there's a framework that everything happens within but, like, I'm sure some people are just wired to say, well, I like playing Dead Cells. You know, I, I like going through it. I like trying to find these different combinations of, of weapons and, mm-hmm. you know, testing my reflexes and everything. And then if you want to get super into it and be like, I want to, you know, go for a speedrun record or something on this. And then it's just like, well, how thoroughly can I kind of, like, defeat these rigid systems that are always... Yeah. kind of the same yeah I mean that's, that's why you got ahead Josh I um, I think one of my main problems with Dead Cells and a lot of other roguelikes um, is that it starts masking that sense that you're making your own progress or getting better at the game over time um, partially because a, so much of the game depends on like what weapons you're stumbling upon and what yeah attributes they have mm-hmm. uh for instance like i you you start finding like broken builds that like are just better than everything else <laughs> and 
you it gets to the point where when you get to the fifth or sixth level and you don't have th that combination of weapons, you're just kind of fucked because you're you're doing a quarter of the damage that you would be doing if you had a right. more optimal weapon combination, which is not telling me if I'm better at the game. <laughs> it's just did you collect the right weapons up until this point? Right. Um, which is not a good way to go about things, in my opinion. Um, in Dead Cells, it's like, if you have one weapon that can cons consistently make the enemy burn or bleed, mm -hmm. and then all of your other weapons do three times as much damage to enemies that are burning or bleeding, and then you get, like, some legendary weapon that doubles your damage on anything, then you're just doing, like, eight times the amount of your base damage, which is just... It's, uh, it's broken. It's, it's strong. It's just, like, <laughs> it's a different play experience than if you're playing the game... Uh, normally or with just regular weapons that didn't have those synergies. Um, I think that's something that like Spelunky did really well is like not having that be part of, of the gameplay. Um, and there was something else about these games that just like I, I had brought it up the other day like one of the fundamental issues with roguelikes that like so many of them just completely fail to, to address well, I'd like fix. to know. Just, just a sec. Give me a second. Everyone talk about something different. I will remember in like 15 seconds. Um, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, I... Uh, that you only got 15 that, seconds. That No Man's Sky. Wow. No, no Man's Sky. What a, what, a, what a crazy world. <laughs> oh, wait. I figured it out. I figured okay, it good. out. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> so many times in these games I don't know if you have the same experience but when you actually do die it's like it feels like something super unfair or like yeah. the stars just aligned in such a way that you just imbe you got like 100 to 0 it's like you just didn't have time to react and then it's like yes. oh well this yeah. is just a hard game this is just yeah. a hard game is all <clears throat> not like you um, and that's a thing that I guess happens in Dark Souls a lot too but in Dark Souls at least you can kind of address it over time because you kind of you know what to look out for you're constantly vigilant about what can or can't happen and um, the way that it kind of unfolds in these games is just fucking it's just dumb it's just yeah when there you... was two guys where you thought they were one yeah. and they just stun lock you until you're dead <laughs> when you get mobbed in this game the legibility goes to like zero especially yeah. somehow it's even worse if you have like the attack indicator on because it's like five guys with exclamation points popping and you're like who should i be dodging and it just becomes like a mess so unless you're like physically away from that situation you're probably gonna get popped right yeah that's usually how i how it happens except for this last time when i was just like you know, seeing the code behind the matrix and, and just <laughs> and getting to, uh, you know, I guess nowhere near where Josh has gotten to. So, <laughs> but like there is a part of this one level where, uh, the way the, the way this game looks where, uh, the foreground and the background occasionally kind of bleed together. Mm -hmm. And so I jumped on something that I thought was a solid thing and just like fell um, right down and lost. I think you lose half your health if you fall off the edge of things. 
Yeah. And then jumped over, and then there was a bunch of a bunch of dudes crawling around, and I got mobbed, and just bad news. There's uh, in this yeah. level that I got to. There's the way that it works is like I think the enemies kind of overlay one another when they're in, on the same spot. So there was I was fighting these guys. I like ran away from them, and then there's this one of the enemies has this like hook that will grab you from like a screen over and then pulls you into the mob of people and then you just get killed but I didn't see him because he was like overlapped by the dude who I thought I was fighting <laughs> so I just got pulled in and immediately killed I, I, and that was like the furthest I had ever gotten into the game and this happened it was just like this is fun. it's a bummer it's that either sucks. that or you can just one hit everybody yeah yeah yeah, if you hit, I got the ice uh, thing that like freezes guys, and then the hammer, and so I did have a run where I was like, for every enemy, it was just like dodge, freeze, hit, dodge, freeze, hit, and it like, yeah, once you hit those combinations that will get you through a previously difficult area, it is almost trivial, barring like these bits where you might get mobbed, but yeah, yeah, I mean this it's kind of. At the end of the day, why I still like have a hard time thinking I need this game to be, you know, as uh, right back to the beginning rather than maybe the beginning of the stage, or yeah. you know, it or or sort of procedurally generated stuff. Like I think I would like this game more. I don't know. I guess sometimes too that's just taste i just I, I just want to see the end of things i like to see the things that's like what keeps me going in dark souls is like i want to see these places mm-hmm. um, yeah i don't think the level design uh the randomized levels in this game really add much because it's like very obvious where it's just sort of like modular yeah so like why not just have it be the same thing i don't know because uh, it's also then, pretty, I found it pretty ugly, which doesn't help with like wanting to go back again and again. But I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I'm curious what uh, Ed and Josh think about the way it looks. Um, I like the animations. Yeah. Personally, um, I think it feels really good to kind of move through the world. But it, yeah, it's not spectacular looking. I think it's better than a lot of other roguelikes. That's um, probably true, yeah. But that says more about other roguelikes <laughs> than whether this is actually good. It's no salt and sanctuary. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the. It's like one of those games I just think I just could not play because of how utterly wretched it looks. <laughs> like. I don't know how you can spend like 25 hours or whatever just like looking at that thing. It has a very like J-Rock aesthetic to it that I was very into. <laughs> like a like a 12 year old who just found like their, I don't know just watched a rented tape of Akira for the first time and is like drawing their, their anime characters. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it, this game's bizarre because I think it's to me like the the way it looks because I think the animation is fantastic, like Josh said, 
Um, and I think like some of the environments are actually really good looking. Like the the bridge where you fight that first boss, I think it looks good. And uh, and then some of them just look like like dog shit. Well, and they just look the same. Like it just looks like yeah. the same level over and over. Yeah. It's like that. That's the biggest problem to me. That toxic sewer thing. I think it's just yeah. like super bland looking. Well, there's, sh- there's toxic sewer, ancient sewer, and then like <laughs> disgusting sewer or something like that. <laughs> I was really bummed out because I got to this place called the Ossuary, and I oh, saw yeah. the name, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna, this is gonna rip! Like, this is gonna be, <laughs> this is gonna be super cool." And it was just like, yeah, like a bone here and there. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't call that an Ossuary. It's like a rotisserie chicken worth of bones over like an apartment <laughs> building. Like fuck off. That's no ossuary. I think that's. I... Oh, sorry, Josh. I want to. I have like one last angle on this, which you've kind of touched on. Which yeah. Is the like esportsification, like just the way that esports is affecting single player games, and and I think um, Dead Cells is is a huge example of that, not just in the way that Twitch integrates with it, but I think that the way that a lot of single-player games are designed is so they can do things to make people think that they've, like, lifted the skill cap on a certain game. Like, there's so many ways you can play this game and so many opportunities to sort of, like, uh, explore different ways of playing, which I think is a very esports-influenced reflex, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. like, you can play this character, there's X amount of items in this game and there's so many ways for you that are like theoretically infinite to go through this game as opposed to like a Mario or Sly Cooper or what or Crash Bandicoot or what have you mm-hmm. and um, I think in doing that games like Dead Cells don't really ask how they can do that better or how they can you know sort of tap into that uh, in, in a more I guess like optimal way they're just kind of like well here's the roguelike thing we're just going to do it and just put more items in and put more yeah. pathways through the game. And that is kind of enough to satisfy people instead of kind of questioning the design decisions and like trying to take that further. And I wish that's something that more roguelikes would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that before talking about like the, I wish this was just, you know, you could continue from the beginning of a stage, no procedural generation kind of thing. But then I was thinking, like, then people would probably, no matter how good other parts of this are, would be like, oh, I beat this game in three hours. It's a piece of shit. I'm going to give it... Like, I think when you have, like, a smaller studio, too, like, some of the... Aside from, like, the esportsification or whatever of, of this stuff, there's also, like, just make a thing take forever and then you know people are going to be like well it's good value you know even if they might also enjoy it if it was more straightforward or something too like there there must be a demographic out there who would appreciate that but i don't know maybe that's not worth it if you're a small team who can't make a 10-hour game out of those uh out of the resources you have yeah to just like safeguard yourself or I don't know that's like a pretty cynical way to look at it but I think about that a lot why like in independent games roguelikes 
have been so popular over the last few years. Yeah. <sighs> there we go. Dead cells. Ed, you sound like you don't want to talk about dead cells anymore. Um, I just feel like I, I was a little talk heavy during the first half of the show, so I've just been shutting up and listening. I think I went he's on. A, I he's thinking like, about that RE2 run. Yeah. <laughs> Sharpen that up. Just trying to think about get how, back to, in there. how to optimize my strats. Uh, can you can you can you stream yourself doing that somehow? I've, I've tried to. My knowledge of streaming games begins and ends with the PlayStation 4 share button. <laughs> and <laughs> to stream from the PlayStation 3, which I'd have to in order to show off Resident Evil 2, I, I don't know what I'd have to do. Uh, so the only way that I could do it, I think, is if I got it on the PC, and then if you try to get it on the PC, you have to get like oh, a pirated then. version. And yada, yada, yada. Oh, and the variables are going to change. The you can't... You joke about it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. But it does, yeah. It becomes uh, a different game slightly, which which throws everything off. Maybe one day. I might. What I might do is if I, could, I can get a capture card and just record the footage, and I'll commentate over it. No, you uh, can't commentate. They'll slow you down. No, I'll record the footage and then... Add commentary. Why don't you go to your local, I don't know, Midlands public access place <laughs> with your PlayStation? <laughs> just say, just say oh, listen yeah. here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about having the best fucking ratings of your pitiful station's <laughs> life? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then just tell people on Twitter and, and, uh, yeah. Tune into It'll... channel one thousand and seventeen. <laughs> Not available outside of a Ten twenty kilometers. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's dead cell center. We got. The, I don't listen. We. I, <laughs> I think we've covered that quite comprehensively. Yeah, we're good. We've talked That's quite a lot good. about dead cells. Okay, what are we doing next time? What's our next podcast? Would it be Doom? I will be Doom, yeah, because we're covering Doom 2016 this month on bulletpointsmonthly.com and we'll be podcasting about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, perhaps there also may be something on uh, September 3rd, which would be a podcast, which would mm. take over that, that position. So there is there is a slight chance that that old Doomy Womb won't get a, a podcast of its own. I thought we hang on, we'd already do, we already we've done a Doom podcast. We have yeah, years we ago. Did, we did that years ago. Oh, so maybe it won't get a repeat podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll, well just maybe but, we'll just skip straight to that September third special secret but, podcast. But hey, maybe it will. Or maybe it will. Maybe it will. We'll you never know. This is why you don't plan your next uh, your uh, next things. <laughs> yeah, this is why when you're running. Uh, Josh, online, what do you think we should do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no clue. Enter the third. Oh, do uh, you should do Mother Gunship. No, go. I saw a video of that that looked like not not my cup of tea. Yeah. Well, anyway, no matter what we're doing, you can find it either on bulletpointspodcast.com or bulletpointsmonthly.com. You could also go to our Twitter, which is at bulletpointsvg. And if you like all of the things that we're doing. You can donate money to us at patreon.com forward slash bullet points. It's very, 
very appreciated. We are still, still every day thankful. And that's, this is not sarcasm, thankful for all the donations we get. It lets us keep doing what we're doing. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I said this, I think, on uh, one of those goddamn Kingdom Hearts episodes with Astrid, but uh, when that Patreon scare thing happened and the funding dropped, it was a pretty stark reminder that, like, oh, yeah, uh, if, if this all went away, we can't really do stuff that we've been doing. We can't no. afford it. And that's not good. No, exactly. It's not gotta good keep, at all. Got to keep the lights on. Right, well, until next time, be it on September 3rd with our special edition secret podcast, etc. Where can people find Josh? Well, this is what I'm going to go around and do the Twitter. Okay. I, I was Come scared that you were going to forget. And I thought, what's Jeez. what's the point of being a guest on this podcast if who, you can't who broadcast to, here? Who went to host school? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's me, right? Um, That's fair. Sorry. Josh, you say you write yes. about Hearthstone at Kotaku. If people wanted to find your articles and your observations about that game or other games, where could they go? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter uh, at hi there Josh. You can also listen to uh, this other podcast called Bad End Podcast that uh, I frequent um, and am a host on. Yeah. What do you talk about on Bad End? Talk about video games. Uh, we make fun of video game journalism and gamers, uh, and uh, yeah, we just talk shit. So. <laughs> You see, I should, yeah, it's a good podcast. It's a yeah, it's a beef podcast. They just start shit with other people. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it's the yeah. podcast equivalent of like a rap album <laughs> in the mid nineties. Uh, Re Astrid, you're on Twitter, I believe. So I've yeah, heard. I'm I'm at Hastapura on Twitter. I write for Unwinnable in various capacities, uh, bullet points. Uh, yeah, that's it. Astrid does a great Kingdom Hearts podcast. Yeah, Reed and I do a special Kingdom Hearts podcast for Bullet Point subscribers, along with the Industry Minute, which is some combination of the three of us looking at video game business uh, through a very sober lens. I think that's the yeah, most that's... important podcast that we do. If you if you listen to nothing else, you should listen to the Industry Minute. It will keep you abreast. Of the big issues in the 21st century's most important art and entertainment form. Well, that sounded a little highfalutin. I prefer to call it uh, products and IPs. Uh, yeah, sorry, you're quite right. You're quite right. Reed, Ed, where where are you? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I, I, I go. I right. I I occasionally reemerge on Twitter for two reasons. One because I want to keep the account existent and if you don't log into it for 30 days straight it just gets deleted forever. I don't want to lose it oh, forever. Oh, that's why you appear. Oh yeah, I occasionally pop up like Puxatawney Phil uh, <laughs> and that's why. Or sometimes I go on it because I announce oh yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stream a video game later if you want to watch. So Nice. But I'm not going to give out the handle because there's no point because I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter, you know, okay. like less than 1% of a given month um, but of course do go to Bolly Points Monthly and read my articles there those are still there Reed mm, at Reed McCarter this that's, is a long outro so I'm gonna that's the one I'm gonna yep. yeah snap it up a I'm bit. gonna say okay. that I'm also gonna say uh, Bad End is the 
uh, second best video game podcast that exists, so you should listen to it. Yeah, you've always got the old Giant Bomb podcast <laughs> right there at the top, so I think we can do I, about that. <laughs> there, there was actually, I did, was not thinking about it when I said that, but I think there, Astrid was on the last episode, um, which is part of why I can endorse it, because it... Um, it ties into our brand. It's a cross promotion. <laughs> yeah, I can. I only, I will only vouch for episodes that have cross promotional <laughs> potential. Um, but there was a joke about Bad End being, I think, the number two podcast, uh, and a different number one was suggested, which <laughs> will not be repeated here. Okay, well that's us. That's this episode. That's Dead Cells. We'll be back to talk about other games in the future. Between then and now, thank you very much for listening. And please go uh, to Bullet Points Monthly and take a look at our articles this month on Doom 2016.